Sometimes I wonder if this podcast is just some sort of navel-gazing. But this is the case. You work with what you got. And right now I basically have me. Hi, it's me, Catpaw. I'm back. I'm glad you could join me. I wanted to crawl into the music, play it until every knot in my body untied itself. With the music flooding my being, I'm at one with the air around me. I soar over the treetops and the houses. Carefree, I swoop with the bats, glide over the mirror-like surface of water at night. I'm at one with the night sky and its stars, and understand deep within how it all fits together with time itself. My essence dances in the glorious soaring moments of ethereal beauty before slowly beginning to drift down to earth again down to my body, like a down shed in flight from a great height. In 1984, on the 11th of August, quite by chance, I discovered a kindred spirit doing a two-hour guest appearance on the radio. I even kept awake to listen to the replay that night on my portable radio with headphones. I had to hear it again. More than anything, I had to find out what that piece of music was. With this piece, I wanted to crawl inside the music itself and find out why it made me feel all alive, validated and giddy. I wanted to drink it in and transform into something, someone, I could not name. Not then, not now. It made me want to fly, be at one with the night, the stars and the universe. It was his own. It took me a year to track down the vinyl album. It's still one of my favorite pieces of music ever. These days, there's information at your fingertips online. A quick search netted me some old TV clips of a delightful artist, but back in the day, all I had seen was a short biography and a black and white photograph on the inner sleeve of the album. I so wanted to meet the creator of this magic. But a 17-year-old doesn't just go off where no public transport can take you. To knock on the door to see a man your father's age who you've never been introduced to. Just like that. Besides, what on earth would I have said? Hi, you don't know me. I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm a student and I want to work in OG Engineering. Can I come in and see your studio? Then what?
I guess some would have gone. Someone who had not been brought up that imposing yourself on others is the modern equivalent of a mortal sin. To not bother people. To presume your company is surplus to requirements. That you are not wanted. I was seventeen and well aware of my shortcomings. Why would God, with a lowercase g, want to talk to me? Either way, it was never about the man behind the music. It was about the magic of the music itself. He was the second adult I'd noticed that I felt a kinship with, who made emotional sense. I was intrigued by his easy-flowing words, making me laugh while talking about his interest in the unseen world and reincarnation, was funny in a way that was clever without being cruel, who lived life his own way, on his terms, with blinding self-esteem. That last part scared me. For how do you know if what you're doing is that good, when there's no one around who is on the same wavelength to share it with? Writing this, I can hear him in my head saying, Why should it matter? If you're happy with it, that's all you need. I suppose. After you have reached a certain level of proficiency, maybe. But when there are no mirrors, when you feel invisible, when you're quiet and perhaps a little shy, insecure and a damn perfectionist to boot, when you can't help scrutinize and point out to yourself every perceived weakness, desperately wanting to fix or cover up your flaws and apologize for being so damn imperfect before anyone accuses you of something. Take your pick. Whip yourself for not trying even harder. My misspent youth was a haze of self-starvation and trying to force my resisting body into becoming something more acceptable, more androgynous, even if I didn't understand myself back then. It was not yet wordable, as I'd like to think Mr. Lunston would have put it. How would it have been to be someone comfortable in your own skin, and to not feel like a freak? Because body dysphoria, as it is called, is crippling when you can't stand the way your body looks, and being in it makes you feel anxious and uncomfortable, when you are forever ashamed of it and would rather hide it from you, and nothing you do makes any difference, it feels nothing short of betrayal. Disappointment with, or failure, to make my body look on the outside the way I feel on the inside is to this very day a personal gripe. Body dysphoria robbed me of so much of my youth. Anything that required undress of some kind, shorts, bikini, short skirts, just did not happen. I avoided them all. And let's not mention dancing, feeling hands judging my body. <laughs> Be proud of your curves. Was as incomprehensible to me as Aren't you proud of your school? 
had been. Proud of what? Total word salad. If you are going down the road at 40 watts and your boat loses trackway, how much oil do you need to paint your roof when your mother is a small blue hamster? For the longest time I felt as if I'd failed at the most basic thing. Now I know better. I worked out in 2014 that I am what has come to be called non-binary or NB, or more specifically, agender. Until then I was just me, or a freak, something I'd learned to live with, because no matter how much I tried, I could never be a woman. I was hoping maybe it will kick in at some point, just like when you got your period. I mean, how many times growing up did you stand in front of the mirror, fully clothed, staring at yourself wondering what the fuck you are? I didn't feel like a woman, but then I didn't feel like a man either. If anything, I feel like an alien, not a man and not a woman. Music made me feel alive. It could mirror what I felt on the inside and could not see outside of me. Where others were apparently wired to get off, I left the world behind and just got lost in the music instead. I was entranced by the landscape, the sandscape, that was oral beauty. Sometimes the discords, they harmonized with mine. I relaxed into them. Music gave me wings. I breathed it. I felt it. I understood it. It was my turf. Music spoke to my soul. It could make me dizzy, euphoric, feel seen and validated, calm the anxiety, give me energy, focus, concentration. Unlike the dogs next door. Sometimes having music playing on the outside of my head was the only way to stop it taking up RAM inside it. I remember as a young teen the frequent need to flush my head with music. Bless the invention of the portable stereo, rechargeable AA batteries, and the bus and the underground daily commute to school and college. Different days required different pieces of music, and while I lack visual memory, my oral memory more than makes up for it, and it can play, so to speak, anything perfectly, obsessively, sometimes annoyingly, backwards or forwards, honing on one instrument or harmony at a time. I wanted to be one of the gang who made magic made people's creative ideas come to life. Like Paulie in my short story The Inbetweens, I had a ton of ideas stuck in my head and no way to communicate these to others. And while I had no illusions about being a bottomless well of original ideas, I thought sound engineering would be the perfect medium for someone like me. While I felt at home behind the mixer desk, cutting and pasting, following the run scripts, mixing and adding sound effects to dramas and college radio, I was often the last to leave, narrowly missing the last bus home at night. 
I loved it, and I would have moved in and slept under the desk if I could have. I didn't want any special treatment. I just wanted a chance to learn more, to get good and get better. The world thought differently. Misogyny at its finest. In the 80s and 90s. But the doors were slammed in my face, and in the end I ran out of places to knock. That's extra frustrating, not to say infuriating, when you don't feel like what you're being discriminated against. Eventually, I went back to uni to study something else I'd discovered I had a knack for. A couple of years later I moved to London, and the endless search began anew sending out hundreds of CVs and applications to no avail. I gave up. I had no connections. I could not take an unpaid position and at the same time work enough hours temping to stay afloat. I didn't have the confidence to pick a studio and just turn up and be the weirdo always hanging around or some kind of groupie. So here I was, not a man, not a woman, agender and asexual. And that's one more reason I like to use the name Catpaw. It's gender neutral. But having 50 years of being treated as a woman, yeah, I guess I'm biased. What I want the world to know is that I'm no threat. I'm not a threat to your marriage. I'm not interested in your man, your wife just in creativity. I'm interested in friendship, in companionship, in closeness of minds, intimacy that is in no way connected to, or shorthand for, something else. I want to know what you dream of, what you think about when you wake up in the middle of the night and don't panic about getting back to sleep. What's on your bucket list and why? Where have you been that you care about, and where are you heading? If we could only start relating to each other as people rather than binaries, we would solve so many problems. If we could move the focus away from procreation to creativity in all its glorious forms, a lot of the more painful things that goes down in the world would recede, I believe. With 2020 hindsight, I can say I should have bought a map, got on that bus, walked the last miles, and knocked on the doors and asked for the magician of Andromeda Studios. Screw second and third thoughts of what happens next. Some faith in a shared love of music, grace, and kindness. I'm currently enjoying a lot of Kent Sparling's soundscapes and music on Bandcamp. It floats in the background. At times peacefully unfocusing the mind, at others sharpening it. It feels relaxing and often mentally supportive. What it doesn't do is interrupt my train of thought. I've got neighbours for that. But I don't feel any kind of wanting to meet him.
So, I never met Mr. Lundston. Now it's too late. The moment has long since flown. I live on the other side of the planet, and he has let go of the studio and moved on to a different phase of his life. Perhaps, on another lifetime, we did meet, and he gave me a guided tour around Andromeda Studios, or told me to get lost. Either way, I'll never know. And at the same time, everything happens somewhere. It's raining. Thank you for the music, Mr. Lundsten. It will live long after you have left this earth plane. I do not have the rights to this piece. Please don't sue me. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Who knows when the next episode will drop. I have no idea, but now it's raining and it's making a hell of a racket. I will not be able to edit that out, so I better stop. It's raining. I love rain. I'm such a pluviophile. The music you've heard was by Ralph Lundsten. Um, The first magical piece I heard was Morning of Creation. I'll list them in uh, the description.